join me here, okay? Um, today we are thinking about, it's, it's, well, tomorrow is Memorial Day, um, and that's an important time in our nation. And yet, things have changed. When I was younger, I don't know how services were in your church, but when I was younger, Fourth of July, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, were kind of a little different. They were special celebrations sometimes in the church. Uh, we would often honor the veterans, and we would sing hymns like God Bless America, th- you know, things like that. And I think there was a movement in Christianity uh, after a while that kind of said, wait a second, wait a second. Are we worshiping our country, or are we worshiping our God? Um, certainly, I think it can be kind of complicated sometimes in our minds, this idea that, well, as Christians, where do we really belong? What are we really supposed to be celebrating when we come together? So I throw the question up today, should Christians celebrate Memorial Day? The answer is yes, because we get a day off, right? Everybody celebrating day off? I'm celebrating day off. I, of course we celebrate Memorial Day. Well, okay, that's, that's not what it's about. What we're really asking is the question. As we, as Valley Baptist Church, think about the future and about going forward, do we take time to remember things in this nation, to remember those who have fought and who have died on behalf of this country? Is that something that is, is appropriate? Or is our focus only to be on God and God alone? Of course, as we think about this, some would react and say, maybe we shouldn't celebrate war and conflict. I mean, aren't we supposed to be people of peace? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Then why then would we be thinking about those who uh, have participated in war? Or look at Colossians chapter 3 where it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Now that could be taken out of context quite honestly. But the idea is, aren't we supposed to be seekers of peace? Aren't we supposed to be those that would avoid war altogether? Well, of course. The truth, I think, here, number one, that I want us to walk away with is this idea. Christians don't celebrate war but we are called to honor sacrifice. We don't celebrate what war is bad. Talk to anyone who has served in the military. Nobody's wanting war. War is wicked. War is horrible and atrocities are committed. And this has never been within the heart of God for us. But as believers, we actually are called to honor sacrifice. There's an important passage, I think, that we overlook in the book of Philippians. And this is our focal passage, really, for today. It's in Philippians chapter 3. Look what the Apostle Paul says, beginning in verse 17. Join together. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Did you catch that? Keep your eye on those who live as we do. Paul is obviously referring to his own sacrifice. Currently, he, in the book of Philippians, is writing the letter from prison. He is suffering. He is laying down his life for the good news of Jesus Christ. But he's saying, look at others who also are laying down their lives, that are 
sacrificing their uh, benefit, their good, for the good of others. I have a friend who, uh, after graduation, went on to serve with NCIS. And some of you guys, anybody like the TV show NCIS? Was that ever a big one for some of you guys? Okay. It was when NCIS was the real popular TV show on, you know, I don't, they've made all different spinoff shows, but it was very popular. And he was telling me about his interview with NCIS. He's a graduate in computer science, and he was going to be in their computer forensic department. And as he went in for his interview, um, he, he, they asked him the question, why do you want to serve with NCIS? And you can imagine the answer that they always got. Oh, well, the TV show is awesome, and I want to be just like, you know, the guys on the TV. Well, they're solving crimes and fighting the bad guys, and yeah. He said his answer was different. He said, you know, our military represents us around the world as a nation. And that for so many people around the world, our, our sailors and our soldiers, these are the first people they come in contact with. I want to be part of NCIS because I want to make sure that any of the ones that might not be acting appropriately are taken care of appropriately and removed from that role of, in some ways, being ambassadors for our nation. He told me that the woman stopped right then and said, that's the best answer I've ever received. And I said, he wanted to lay down his life, in a sense, to make sure that the nation was represented well. We're called to the same thing. We're called to be those who lay down our lives to represent our kingdom and our King Jesus. Jesus said it this way. He summed it up right before he was going to the cross. In John 15, he says, Greater love has no man than this, than that he laid down his life for his friends. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Whether or not they're followers of Jesus or not, those who lay down their life and put their life on the line, um, these are people who serve not just in our military, but uh, first responders and our police, and those that are putting themselves on the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. We look to that sacrifice because it reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus, that he put his life on the line, that ultimately he, he gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. When he died on the cross, he didn't do it for himself. He did it to not only glorify his Father, but to pay the price for us, all of us, that we might have a relationship with God. Some of you who are sitting here today, you might not know Jesus. You can know him today. Because he rose from the dead, having paid for your sins, having died on the cross, he rose again to give us new life. So first, we're not trying to, we're not here at all to celebrate war. But we do honor the sacrifice of those who've gone before. I, another thought I had, though, was this. We don't worship the military. But we are inspired by faithful uh, soldiers, sailors, those who have put their lives out there. We don't worship the military, but we put down, we, we, we honor those lives who are faithful. <clears throat> 
I was uh, speaking with our Navy chaplain um, at the uh, United States Naval Academy this week. Uh, we were having lunch together, uh, spending a little time catching up after the semester of college ministry. Uh, he's a good friend. We've been friends for many years. As we were kind of spending time there, um, he's the, the Baptist collegiate minister there. Uh, we were talking about the year and talking about things. And he said, Mike, now, I've got to be honest with you, because he is a reservist chaplain as well. He said, not everybody who's in the military is there just to lay down their lives for others and to serve. He says, a lot of guys are there to get their college paid for or it's a job and other things. And so you have to be careful. I said, I understand. But there are those that inspire us by their faithful service. Just like with our other responders. And there, there are certainly those who have not um, honored <laughs> Uh, the role of being a police officer. They have not been faithful. There are those who have not been faithful in other ways, but there are ones that are. We keep our eyes on those that are, and we try to challenge all to faithful service, to faithful service. You know, Jesus was actually inspired. Jesus was inspired. In Matthew chapter 8, there was a centurion, a Roman soldier, and let's, let's be honest here, the Roman, centur- the Roman soldiers were notorious for being abusive, for using their power in wrong ways. They were the kinds of soldiers that made you carry their luggage, (laughs) their backpacks. It was a law, actually, that you had to carry it for them for at least one mile. They were notorious for taking your possessions, for taking bribes, for just cruelty, for cruelty. But this centurion, this soldier, came to Jesus Um, and had a person in his household who was sick and asked Jesus to come and heal. And when Jesus was coming to heal uh, the person who was part of his household, the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you even come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The soldier was inspiring because he had faith. He understood obedience. He understood when his commanding officer says go or when he's giving the command to go. People go. People move. That kind of faith actually should inspire us. I wonder if we, like good soldiers, like good followers of Jesus, when Jesus said go, we would go. When Jesus tells us uh, to serve, we would serve. When Jesus gives us a role to play, that we would do it faithfully in obedience. Where are the places that you are resisting being obedient? Where are the places you're resistant to be obedient? If we are to be those who are inspired by faithful men and women in uniform, we need to be those that serve like they serve. We say, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you because your name and your uh, renown are the desire of our hearts. There was another centurion. It was interesting. In Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter is shown in a vision to go and speak the, uh, speak the word of God to the centurion. And it, it says in Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion that was part of the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. What was he known for? 
being generous with his possessions, praying to God regularly. Peter, as he begins to speak uh, to the household of Cornelius and share the good news of Jesus with them, he says, I now realize it's true that God doesn't show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. In the book of Acts, when you read the expansion of Christianity, what you're going to see is, if you'll read it carefully, if you read between the lines, there was intense racism that was in the middle of the church. Jesus' first followers, they were all Jewish. They believed Jesus was the Jewish Messiah who had come to save the sins and rescue the Jewish people. And although Jesus had taught consistently, go to all nations, speak to every race, every people. I'm so glad he did. It was for everybody. His followers, kind of like, well, it's for us. You know, the Jewish people. It's for us. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually get to all nations, I'm sure. But the Holy Spirit would not allow that. And it was through this faithful servant, this Cornelius, this Roman soldier who was a Gentile, non-Jewish, that God broke through. And later in Acts chapter 15, where it comes to a head, where they are deciding whether the gospel is going to only be for the Jews and everyone has to become Jewish first to have Jesus, if that was going to be the issue, or whether really you just come to faith in Christ. Paul, or Peter, cites this story, this encounter, with this faithful soldier. The Apostle Paul tells us that we're to be faithful soldiers of Jesus Christ. Are we representing? Because when we are faithful, God can use us. Use us just like he used this soldier to make a difference. Are you keeping your eyes on those that should inspire us? Inspire us to faithfulness, to obedience. Well, finally, I think this is sort of the point for most of us as that Christians we do have two nations we do live in two nations but we need to live a life that reflects the one sacrifice the sacrifice of Jesus if we continue on in that passage our focal passage in Philippians um, it says this in verse 20 but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ It is clear throughout the scriptures that we as his people need to be all about the kingdom that we belong to. This world is temporary. This country is going to last, I don't know how long, maybe till Jesus comes back, maybe not. But this world is temporary and our true home, our true citizenship is in heaven. And if it's ever a choice for us as Christians between our country and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the clear choice. It's always that we are called to be his people, uh, proclaiming his good news. And wherever we are, we are to be his ambassadors. But the word of God is clear as well, that we do live in a context. We live in a a country. We live among a people. We live in a place that we are called to make it better. In the Old Testament, there was a really difficult time for the people of God. The kingdom of Judah, the last known people of God of the Israelites, the last tribe in existence, it was kind of mixed at that point, but the last tribe in existence, 
had been conquered. Babylon had come, and they had deported pretty much everybody into exile. They were forced into a different kind of place to live. Many of them were forced to be slaves. It was not a good time for the people of God. But here's what the Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah. And seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Notice what God is saying. You who are exiles, you who are living in a foreign land, you who have been taken against your will to be in a place that's not your own, you pray for, you work for the good of that place where I've sent you into the kingdom of Babylon. Now, you guys know that I get to teach Old Testament stuff, and through my study, one of the things I've discovered is during that time of exile, more people around the world heard about God and the true God of the Israelites. More people heard about God during that time period than any other during Israel's history. They were scattered. They were in exile. And God was doing wonders and signs. King Nebuchadnezzar, King Darius, these people who uh, ruled over the Babylonian and later the Persian empires were sending letters to the nation saying, man, there's no God like the God of Daniel that can rescue from the lions. (laughs) There's no God like this God. And people were hearing about the true God. When our nation prospers, it gives opportunity for us to be those missionaries, those ambassadors for our true home, our true kingdom around the world. So we are called as believers to use our gifts, our talent, our vote to make the world a better place. To love our neighbor, to show the gift of God. Now, we need to be real careful about being sucked into some kind of agenda that's other than the kingdom agenda. Be very careful. Because we represent our king. We represent our kingdom as we walk through this world. But if we allow him to, I think God can do some amazing things. My grandfathers both served in the Navy uh, during World War II. Um, my one grandfather, he um, ended up being a map maker, a map maker in the Pacific what was he really good at? He just—he's a talent. He was just—he's really an artist in some ways. But he had a talent for taking aerial photographs. You know, when the planes would fly over the islands in the in the Pacific, and he would, they would take pictures of it, and, and and he could turn it into a 3D model. He could turn it so that so that the admirals and commanders and generals could plan the assaults on different islands. I mean, once again, not glorifying war. It was a terrible time in history. You know what? That, that skill is not a skill that probably translates into real life very often. But you know where he found a job? He ended up getting a job with NASA. NASA was taking pictures of the moon to plan the lunar landing. Right? To land people on the moon. They needed to have people that could be, build 3D models based on, on the aerial photographs. My grandfather found a job making models uh, to help share, this, to, to help plan the lunar landings. Okay, maybe this is a little bit of a stretch. But I feel like the skills and talents that we have, we need to use them right here in our nation, in our world. But they can also be used in the heavenlies. Okay, he was using the literal heavenlies of the moon. But let's always remember that that's our real goal. 
that we want to glorify our King and Jesus in everything we do, that we represent Him. So while we're engaged in this world, while we're finding ways to serve in this world, while we are honoring the service of others in this world, we are always taking the opportunity to point to the sacrifice of Jesus. Romans 12.1 Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, what Christ did on the cross, you also are to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. This Memorial Day, let's remember Christ's sacrifice. For any of you who are here today, and I want you to hear me right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He died for your sins, and He rose again. He wants to give you eternal life with God. He wants to bring you into His kingdom forever. And you can live right now knowing God and walking with Him. But you have to put your faith in Jesus. If that's you today, Josh is going to lead us in a song, but I'm going to stand up here, and if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, maybe you come on down. Or maybe you ask your mom or dad, or ask a friend, what does it mean? I want to be in heaven. I want to be a follower of Jesus. For those of you today um, who are hearing again the inspirational stories of others who have given and remembering what others have done, would you also be inspired to serve? Would you lay down your life, both in this life and for the kingdom that is to come, in every way that God calls you to do? Josh is going to lead us in a song. I'm going to be up front. If there's something else you need prayer for, you come. But let's sing together remembering what Christ has done.